0: Stochastic here we go it's your old pal Emac on a Saturday morning we have the NBA tournament in-season tournament that is the inaugural championship game we've got the Lakers with the venerable LeBron James hosting the Indiana Pacers four and a half point uh favorites are the Lakers this should be a fun one Adam uh but it's made for some very weird NBA scheduling this last 10 days or so how are you doing are you are you ready for uh Like, one college football game, one NBA game, a crappy MMA slate? You were just lauding Saturdays last weekend.
1: Yeah, I am not looking forward to today. Like, I've I've had a lot of stuff that I've kind of just, like, put off all week, just, like, cleaning and stuff around the apartment that I'm going to do today, I guess, because I have nothing better to do. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was I I was uh saying to my mom's here and my wife's friend, I'm like, oh, we should do something tonight. And they're like, Oh, well, we, we've already made plans. We figured you had sports, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> not <Nope>. really tonight. <laughs> and I uh I did not partake in Thursday night football uh since uh, it was my wife's birthday. So we went out to dinner. So I just made one lineup for that, and uh I didn't make my eyes bleed, though I did see uh one eight on Chander turning sixty dollars into $100. It's a pretty good ROI. Adam.
1: Pretty yeah, early. yeah, it's cool seeing time win.
0: All righty, well let's uh, kind of meander through the one game that we have. We'll we'll kind of hit the high notes here. Uh, we to refresh everybody uh, since it's been a while since we've had single slate playoff basketball. Um, we know that the key players are going to get a ton of minutes. Um, there's narratives, especially with LeBron James adding another trophy or another accolade of being the uh, first winner of the nba in-season tournament so that'll make things interesting and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, underdog uh, in the sims underdog is the presenting sponsor of the show um, so you guys will want to uh, check that out if you go through the link that is in the youtube description below us here they will match your first deposit up to 100 dollars let's start off with the pacers here adam how how shocking is it that they're their offense has surpassed their defense. Their their poor defensive effort. They're playing at the, at the, one of the fastest paces in the league, one of the most efficient offenses in the league, and and uh, one
1: of. I can't hear you. You are frozen.
0: Oh, hopefully I'm back now. Yeah, yeah. you're back now. All right. Well, let's uh, I was setting you up. Let's talk about the Pacers being one of the fastest paced teams, one of the best offenses, and somehow that offense outpacing their defensive efficiency rate.
1: Yeah, I mean, the offense for Indiana is great. It has been all season long. Number one in adjusted offensive rating this year. Uh, The defense is terrible. So you generally get fast fun Pacers games. And uh, this is the matchup I was hoping for as far as Lakers and uh, and Pacers. Um, you have three stars in the game, Halbert and obviously being one of them. He's up to 12-4 on DraftKings. So he is $800 more than LeBron. He's $1,000 more than Davis. He's been great this year, but as a result of him being so expensive, you are getting a little bit less ownership coming into him, which I do think is interesting. He's still going to be extremely popular, uh, 63.5% total ownership. at utility, 19% at captain, Uh, but that is slightly behind LeBron and Davis, particularly at captain. Uh, You're seeing him in terms of ownership percentage at utility, pretty comparable to those two, but uh, at captain only 19% compared to 25% LeBron, 31% Davis. So uh, if you can get all the way up to Halliburton at captain, it's an interesting way to be contrarian. Uh, We've already seen in this tournament, you know, not that it's indicative of What's going to happen today? But we've already seen Halliburton in games where he's with other stars that maybe are more popular, like Giannis, just go out and you know outperform them. The ceiling is certainly there. Uh, relatively likely that he is the highest scorer on the slate, so he's obviously really interesting. You know, Miles Turner coming in at ninety two hundred. He played thirty two minutes last game. Thought he would maybe play a bit more. We had seen 34 minutes the game before that. He played well last game, still only got 32. Uh, one thing I did not like about the Pacers last game from a DFS standpoint was that they did go to a full 10-man rotation, which surprised me in a semifinal game, especially after they had essentially cut an Emhard out in the first game, Isaiah Jackson had not played at all in the previous game. Uh Josh and I talked about maybe they would go to Isaiah Jackson because of the matchup, but they went to Jackson and they went to Nemhard and McConnell stayed in the rotation. So I don't know if they're gonna keep that rotation for for the championship game or not. You know, does Nemhard Nemhard got hurt, so I assume they just go back to, to nine um instead of replacing him with like Wara or something. Um but I still just the, – the minutes were just a lot flatter in that game than I expected, which does make me nervous tonight. Yes.
0: So Nemhard has been ruled out with the knee issue. Jalen Smith all but assuredly out. He's missed the last four games. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Gabe Vincent, he hasn't played in the last 19 games. And even if he comes back, I don't see big minutes for him tonight because of the condensed rotation. But it, it is interesting because we have to – You know, we we start to look at some of the, well, everybody's a tertiary play on. uh, There are no secondary plays on the Pacers when you have uh, Halliburton. He's uh, light years ahead of everybody else. But Bruce Brown has really uh, kind of come into his own here as a a true secondary option. We've got T.J. McConnell lurking limited minutes um you know nine and and eleven uh minutes i think the last couple games but he's someone that could get up to 12 get a couple steals and all of a sudden he pops for 20 fantasy points miles turner um you know mr enigmatic we never know exactly what we're going to get with him usually it's bad until you are convinced yourself he's not much of a fantasy producer and then he rips off a 50 fantasy point game uh once a month to um come back into our 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 collective minds or make us freak out of our collective minds it's going to be kind of fun today adam Here, if you look at uh, who do you think will get the bulk of the minutes if you were looking at the at the pacers i know you you said it's a little bit uncertain but we can kind of infer that halliburton should see the
1: most clearly who after that is kind of would be on your short list yeah, clearly Halliburton should see the most. Uh, he played 36 and a half last game. He played 40 in the previous game. He he had a much more normal second half rotation last game, more in line with like what you would expect. In the first half, they kind of just left him on the bench for a while. TJ McConnell was playing well. The Pacer second unit was gaining on Milwaukee. And so they used that opportunity to just sort of rest Halliburton for a little bit in game. I think it's more likely if, if the only two options I could have are 36 minutes, Or 40. At least I still think 40 is more likely um, in this game. You know, I think projecting him 38, 39 makes sense, but clearly he's going to play a ton. You're expecting 32 plus minutes from Miles Turner. The rest of it just gets dicey, though. Like Bruce Brown is somebody that his skill set translates to playing a lot of minutes in playoff type games. But last game, you didn't see it. Now he did get hurt. He went to the locker room, but he came back. He only finished that game at 28 minutes. So I I thought there was a good chance he was gonna play 36, 37 last game. We had seen, I think, 34 or 35 in the first one. So I still think it's more likely he plays mid 30s here than upper 20s, but especially with Nemhard out, but it's still kind of risky. Um the playing time for like all of the non-Halliburton guys are tough. Nobody, nobody other than Halliburton. Uh, played more than 32 minutes last game. Turner played 31.8. Heald played 30 on the nose. Nobody else got the 30. And the closing lineup usually is going to be Neesmith over Toppen along with the starters. We've seen that two games in a row now. I expect it to be the case here. The caveat is if they are losing, there's a chance that you get Matherin out there instead of Neesmith. If Obi Toppin just happens to be playing amazing, maybe he closes, but uh, Neesmith should be the assumed closer. I think expecting 26 to 30 minutes from him makes sense. Matherin probably playing anywhere from like 24 to 27 uh, off the bench. A lot of the non Halliburton top in, or sorry, Halliburton Turner healed guys, and to some extent Brown, are just going to depend on how the game is going. But even Brown, you know, again, last game, even excluding that injury, didn't play a lot. All let's uh,
0: let's look at. I wanted to show everybody something here on Underdog, which is really fun. So they have every game format that you can imagine. They have uh, daily drafts, season long drafts, best ball, etc. Their daily drafts. They have contests, uh, GPP style contests. Um, they have uh, for NFL Sundays. Um, they have contests where you you draft your team and then end up. Uh, playing against a larger group of players so hey stacking is key all that fun stuff but on their pick them side here especially for those of you that are in states that do not have uh, sports wagering yet it's a lot of fun it's it's similar to that in that you build out a player card but what i'm showing here is i did not do well on my my card here last night but um i wanted to call out there they have these things called scorchers so some sometimes they'll they'll put um milestones up here or or props that aren't available on some of the other, um, pick sites, such as double doubles, uh, And usually they will, they will add a, a little multiplier on those. So I had one here with Kuzma last night. So that, because I put him in my lineup, it, it, um, put a t- point, a 2.75, uh, uh, scorcher, uh, multiplier on this. So my $5 wager would have netted me 137. So it's kind of an interesting way to, to do different things here. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's very easy to navigate, uh, and and you can filter on anything that you want. You just you can type in any name uh, in the search bar for the pickums. You could type in you know if we wanted to say hey let's look at all the Lakers. Uh, you can type in their name and it'll it'll filter just on Lakers. You can go for individual players, etc. So it's pretty easy to navigate. And a lot of fun. But that is uh, that is underdog fantasy here. All righty, Adam, speaking of the Lakers, they are the other team in this game here. Uh, how, how, uh, how many minutes
1: for LeBron? Is he going to touch 40 tonight? Yeah, so we didn't really get to see a second half rotation from him last game because it was completely unnecessary against the Pels. He played 16 minutes in the first half, so obviously that would put you on pace for 32, but in the previous Lakers game, he had also played around 16 or so in the first half and then just played almost the entire second half ended up getting uh, up close to 40. So I think that it's likely that you're getting close to 40. I- I'm viewing him the same way I'm viewing Halliburton. Um, he actually did get the 40 against the the Suns. Uh, he played the entire fourth quarter of that game. He played the final 14 minutes of that game and also played the first eight minutes of the second half. So basically played the entire second half minus a couple of minutes. I expect something similar here where he probably plays a little bit shorter first half rotation because, Like Obviously, if the Lakers could just win this game with LeBron playing 28 minutes, they would love to, but that's most likely not going to happen. So I think it's likely that you see a similar rotation where he plays more modest minutes in the first half, and then assuming the game is competitive down the stretch, he just basically doesn't leave the floor and gets close to 40. Um, I think it's likely he plays right around the same minutes as Halliburton. LeBron wants to win this. He's still very clearly one of the best players in the NBA. Anybody that was doubting that before this in-season tournament uh, shouldn't be doubting it anymore. So assuming the game's competitive, I think you're getting close to 40 from LeBron, and I think you're probably getting close to 40 from Davis as well. Yeah, that, that's kind of
0: where I've – not that that takes great analysis, but that that's kind of where I've landed on this uh, as well. When we look ahead, the Lakers next take the court on Tuesday. That's the front end of a back-to-back. They're going on a three-game road trip. Uh, here in Texas technically two stops the first stop is in Dallas on Tuesday then they play in San Antonio Wednesday that would be what uh, you know I would could expect uh LeBron to potentially sit out that San Antonio game and then they uh, re- rematch San Antonio on Friday um uh, as well so that's that's their upcoming uh, schedule so uh, they have at least uh let's see Sunday and Monday off so uh unlimited minutes tonight if it is a close game moving to what type of script do you think it would take for or what are Davis's paths to lead to uh, the the fantasy production tonight amongst him and LeBron and Halliburton? Is it is the
1: blocks going to be the key? I mean, it's Anthony Davis. He does everything like he's very comparable to LeBron in terms of point per minute production. You're projecting similar playing time. All, all of these guys, Halliburton, LeBron and Davis are very, very similar, all Um, likely to play, you know, 38 to 40 minutes, all 1.4 plus fantasy points per minute for the year. Davis is at 1.43. LeBron's at 1.44. Halliburton going from memory, I think, is around one and a half. Um, Again, he's the more expensive of them, though. But, you know, any of these guys can very easily be the highest scorer on the slate. Uh, Davis has been very good this year as well. If you look at uh, overall EPM this season, LeBron is fifth in the NBA. Halliburton is fourth. Davis is like thirteenth. There's three guys in the top 15 NBA players so far this season in this game, and any of those three can just very easily be the highest scorer. Yeah, it's
0: it's uh, going to be kind of fun here. Uh, how how are you looking at um, the the scrubbadopts? Do you think? Tell me anybody you don't think is in play for 10 minutes tonight. Will they? How much will they? Let me rephrase that. How much will they tighten? The rotation on the back end, and then we'll talk about the middle next.
1: Yeah. So I'm expecting a pretty similar Lakers rotation to what we got last time uh in the first half. You know, obviously I'm not expecting eight minutes from Max Lewis or Hood or anything, but it was pretty comparable to what we had seen in the previous game. So two games ago against the Suns was the first game that the Lakers have really been healthy this year, top to bottom. And so there were a lot of question marks about what they were going to do. We saw Christian Wood DNP. Christian Wood also was not in the rotation last game. He played eight minutes of garbage time at the end, but wasn't in the rotation. So not expecting him to play. Obviously, you're not expecting the other end of bench guys to play. Two games in a row now, they've used Jackson Hayes as the direct backup to Anthony Davis. So Jackson Hayes' minutes, at least based on the the two games where they've been healthy, are 48 minus Anthony Davis. So Davis plays 40, Hayes plays eight. Davis plays 38, Hayes plays 10. Um that's you know been what they've done with him. He is only 1800 Hayes is pulling 12% ownership all of it of course at utility. Uh so I am expecting him to still be the backup center here. Austin Reeves uh closed two games ago. He closed the first half last game, nobody closed the second half. I'm expecting him to stay in that role where he's giving you like 26 to 28 minutes off the bench, most likely in the closing lineup over either Cam Reddish or D'Angelo Russell. Um, Max Christie was once again, essentially cut like he's in the rotation, but he's giving you, you know, eight to 10 minutes. So at three K, he becomes really, really difficult to get to. He's not getting any ownership at all. If you wanted to make some sort of case for him, it would be. What if things change? You know, like what if, he just knocks down his first couple of threes they give him a few extra minutes whatever but really tough to get to him at 3k when you have Jared Vanderbilt at 2600 you have Jackson Hayes at 1800 as cheaper plays that are playing similar if not more minutes uh Vanderbilt played 15 minutes la- uh two games ago against Phoenix last game he played uh he played 14 five in the first half a bit more than that in the second half i think expecting right around you know 14 minutes or so from him makes sense at 2600 so we have it is nice that we've gotten a Pretty consistent Lakers rotation between the last two games. The big question is it would have been really nice to see a second-half closing lineup because I do think you're going to see some volatility there. We know LeBron James is always going to close. We know Anthony Davis is always going to close. Realistically, the next three spots could be like any pairing of Russell, Reddish, Prince, Rui, Reeves. My best guess is LeBron, Davis, LeBron, Davis, Reeves, and then two of Prince, Reddish, Rui. I think it's unlikely that Russell's in the closing lineup. They can just put a better defensive unit out there. You don't need D'Angelo Russell's offense when you have both of LeBron and Davis on the floor. But who that ends up being out of, you know, Reddish, Prince, Vanderbilt even, and Rui, I think is still up in the air. It makes, to me, the uncertainty makes Rui really interesting at 4,200. He's getting 27.5% ownership right now on DraftKings, 26% utility, 1% captain. He played 21 minutes against the Suns in his first game back from injury. Last game, he played twenty, the same exact 21.4 minutes. But again, we didn't get a closing lineup there. So there is a path to Rui if he's playing well getting you, I think, 24, 25 minutes. I don't think that's the most likely outcome. I think he should be projected around 21 to 22. But I do think that there are potentially more minutes available for Rui at 4,200, and we just haven't happened to see it yet in these first two games back.
0: Yeah, that's that's a nice call out there. Uh, Dempsey in chat uh, likes that one. Uh, Einsteinium said, do you think we'll see more of Andy today? I think Adam, Adam
1: You really could. I don't... I have trouble saying I expect it just because of Rui being back as well. Like, I think Rui plays more minutes than Vandy, barring something unusual happening. I think Vandy's kind of just locked into this, like, 14 to 16-minute role, which for his price is fine. And, you know, yeah, maybe if, like, somebody gets in foul trouble or gets hurt, he could play more. I, ha- I think it's less likely that Vanderbilt steps into, like, a big minutes game than Rui.
0: Alrighty, uh, on the uh, screen here, I have the uh, the Sims product here for the single game slate. So this is something we offer for uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. You can see that uh, I've built out a lineup, uh, or pardon me, a, a contest pool here. You can decide how many lineups you want in your pool, and then that's what is going to construct contest and then we'll get to choose from those later you can set your contest archetype here Um, i've got it on marquee which just means it's going to be pretty high uh, payout to the top you put it in low stakes that gives a a kind of a a flatter payout Um, high stakes uh, starts to uh, give a bit of a flatter payout but also weights knowing that the players are going to be more popular than they appear for the larger contest because the high stakes players tend to uh, coalesce around specific plays. Uh, we can boost ownership of players that we want representation in our pool. Once we do that, we can regenerate uh, our lineups here. You can see how fast uh, this moves along here. And again, this is what Aton used for the football version to uh, turn his $60 into $4,500. Now, your mileage may vary. He just said he clicked a few buttons, picked some lineups, and submitted them. That's uh, catching lightning in a bottle, but it does show that uh, it is pretty um, simple to do things the one, one I want to remember as you start to uh, utilize the this um, sims product is you you're going to feel like you're going to lose some some of the control and you need to play around with the controls and settings to understand that you know increasing a player's ownership in the pool could have a different effect once they build out the contest, because because this the, this is going to search for the best ROI situation, which means they're hoping the most popular player could fall, and the, another lineup would get there. There will be other situations where the most popular player, even if you boost it, they're going to you know the sims are going to tell you to play even more of that player because it's just that good of a situation. But um, it's pr- this is pretty e- easy to utilize. Um, you can see that we can we can filter on individual lineups. Oops, let me start the simulations here. I did that out of order. Um, so it takes all the lineups we created. it says you know do, did you like what you did? Now we're going to stimulate the contest. We can boost individual player rois um, to make them more popular or appear um, more often in in things. so like if we really bumped up uh, Anthony Davis in the captain uh, and you know we dropped you know somebody else that would uh, change things around here but that uh, boost here for the ROI does allow us to get a different sort check things out, et cetera. You can see here any lineup that has Davis got a slight boost. So he's now going to appear as the captain in the vast majority of the top lineups. So it's this is a, a lot of fun. It's a pretty good uh, tool that uh, practice with it a little bit. If you're a subscriber, you can see in the upper right here, we've got uh, tutorial videos. We have a full uh, channel in our discord that talks about how do you utilize this. Greg is doing shows constantly um covering this sort of stuff and he has several evergreen videos. So this is a lot of fun uh to play around with but that is the stochastic simulator tool. All righty Adam, let's hit the middle of this uh Lakers lineup here. The real I, question I is
1: to... oh go ahead. I just wanted to yeah just uh to follow up on Stanium's question. Uh I don't have an actual answer to what he asked, but just from an interesting standpoint uh to see how it plays out. Uh he asked about more pick and roll out of Halliburton and Turner. Um, Indiana as a team, 96th percentile in points per possession for their pick and roll ball handlers this year. Lakers, 83rd percentile in defending it. So uh, should be a fun matchup from that standpoint just to see who wins out. But from a DFS standpoint, don't know, don't care. Yeah, it's
0: the the spacing, the pace, the regular season, right? It To me, the, these games... In the in-season tournament from the from the quarterfinals on, we've seen the shortened benches or shortened rotations, right? That's similar to playoff. They're just not playing the defense. They are in certain possessions or whatever, but we just some some ungodly scores have come out of these games. So that's that's the cool. part where oh, that's because the Pacers cannot play defense. Yeah, broadly for for these these games as a whole, though. I don't think we're seeing playoff air quote playoff
1: defense sure, yeah. in this tournament like we yeah, I think would you're seeing the more like the year. you're you're seeing stretches of it but you're still not yes. seeing the entire game exactly exactly so that's that's and and to your point is if the Pacers flip the switch
0: does anything actually change right. if they're trying <laughs> to play defense <laughs> that's kind of hard to know I mean like that's why Neesmith without. is closing
1: games yeah because Obi Toppin's incapable of playing defense at all um and that, that's but not matters
0: Those alley-oops. Right. Out of, right. Those alley-oops. Yeah, so,
1: so I mean, like, like so, something like that, and it's to your point about rotations, like, something like that does matter. Like, there's a, the the reason Smith is most likely to be the guy closing for the Pacers is purely defensive reasons. Um, if this were just a regular, regular season game, it would truly be, I have no idea between Toppin, and Neesmith, and and who is closing. With this being a kind of playoff game, it's Neesmith unless there's a reason for it not to be.
0: All right, let's hit the middle of of this uh, Pacer or, or the Lakers um, rotation here. We've seen Austin Reeves probably have the best path as a closing option. You know, he played he was so great down the the stretch in the playoffs last year, uh, and down the stretch of the final part of the season, he's you know carved himself out a role. It seems at the expense potentially of D'Angelo Russell, but if Russell is splashing threes, you know, he's not going to be out of the mix either. It's just a little tougher to see him in towards the end of the game. And then the challenge with Russell is not the best shooter. And then he, the ball's going to be in LeBron's hands for a lot of it. So he kind of loses
1: those assist assist possibilities. What do you think of our our secondary options here for the Lakers? Yeah. So it, it becomes tricky. I am happy to see. So we have Russell projected for 27 minutes right now. Um, I had seen, I don't know where the industry will end up at tonight, but I had seen going into their last game that some sites were going, were still being really aggressive, giving Russell like 29, 30 minutes. I think we had 27 last game too, but I'm not convinced at all that that's the most likely outcome. I don't think Russell closing is likely. And so it is a situation at 7,400 where... He's not projected for a ton of ownership now. He's at 25%. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, He was projected for a decent amount of ownership last slate, and I didn't get it at all just because of that. You know, I think expecting mid-20s from Russell is very, very reasonable, given that it's just extremely likely that Reeves and somebody are closing over, or that that Reeves is closing, and it could very easily be in place of Russell. So um, at 7,400 on a one-game slate at 25% owned, he is still fine. But um, definitely keep in mind that the again going back to defense, there's no he serves no purpose in the Lakers closing lineup now that they're healthy. Uh, but beyond yeah, that's that's a good call out there, yeah. Be, beyond that, um, this is a team like I was saying before that there's a lot of volatility in minutes because of their closing lineup. Uh, when you think about guys that could be out there, it's you know, again, it's LeBron, it's Davis, it's most likely Reeves. And then it's just two of Reddish, Prince, Rui, maybe Vanderbilt, maybe Russell. Um, So there is volatility in minutes for those guys. You know, we saw Reddish close, or we saw um, Reddish close the Phoenix game. Reeves closed the first half over Reddish last game. Russell was out there. My assumption, again, is that in the fourth quarter, it would be Reeves over Russell, and then maybe Reddish, maybe not. But. Um, At 4,600, Reddish is getting 30% ownership. Prince is getting 22. Prince is an interesting one because there is still volatility there. We haven't really seen it yet. He played 27 minutes against Phoenix. He played 23 and three quarters against the Pels. So we didn't see that fourth quarter rotation. But there's nothing forcing Torian and Prince to play 27, 28 minutes. He could, in any given game, just as easily play, you know, be done after the third quarter. He gets his 23 minutes. He's done. Rui picks up an extra few minutes and closes over him. So um Torian Prince, I think has volatility in there. We already talked about Rui. Um, ideally you would, I think when you talk about the reddish Prince Rui group, where Rui's 4,200 Prince is 44 reddish is 46. Ideally as a DFS player, I would like to see one of them just not really be popular and then play more of that one because I don't know how the minutes are going to break down. Unfortunately on this, on this slate, We have Prince projected at 22% ownership. We have Rui at 28. We have Reddish at 30. So Prince is getting the least, but he's also a really bad fantasy producer. And those numbers are all pretty close together. So there's not one clearly standing out as like a contrarian tournament pivot or anything like that, unfortunately. All right. Uh, Speaking of contrarian,
0: how about letting the tools do the work for you? Nobody wants to do that, right? Oh no, I can do all this searching myself. On the screen, I have Odd Shopper. We have dropped the price point here, 14.95 for a week, 49.95 for a month. It's a great deal. You get in the Stochastic uh, Odd Shopper Discord as well, but uh, you can see what I've got here is let, let this do all the heavy lifting. So sorting uh, just on leagues, I've uh, sorted on or uh, filtered on player props, and you can look across all of the di- different books and see some wild swings in the lines that are available so if you like unders uh you've got quez watkins here under 15 seems like the um uh, consistent line uh, or the best line that we can get that's available at points bet you can see other books are under 14 and a half and you've got fanduel all the way down at under 13 and a half so what this is doing is it's ranking the different wagers across the way for you if you like overs hey look here's cd lamb but look at how different this is um, across uh, the different uh, sites, you've got over 90 yards here. Uh, you've got over 101 yards on DraftKings here. Uh, you've got over 89 and a half on WinBet. So you can look at these and see what makes the most sense and what what looks good to you. If we look at something like uh, Halliburton, so let's look at Pra. That should be pretty consistent across the sites here. But what you can see is on FanDuel, you're getting a minus 113 for the under on 46 and a half. You can see Pinnacle, which is one of the sharper books, right? One of the more aggressive books. They're at minus 146. That's a 3% difference on ROI for your winnings. That is huge when you're trying to eke out uh, profit. So this is what we mean by shopping the odds and the lines, but Odd Shopper is doing this for you. Um, You can see we now have uh, the expert picks uh, section, which is collecting all of the uh, tagged wagers, Um, That Ben and and Lindy and uh, Aton and Greg and Nate put Nathan put up here um, So you can see where they are when they last selected that wager um, So how old it is and then it's updating uh, the lines as well So this is a a very helpful tool So you don't have to to go through the entire discord to find everything but even if you go into our discord I'll show you we have Bum, bum, bum let's see all the discords i belong to pretty much nothing exciting but uh the stochastic discord here uh you can see we have sorted out where you can look at all of the insiders so you get access to all of those premium channels as well as the daily pick channel where people are putting in all of their wagers uh not all the wagers go on that expert page the vast majority of them do but uh, like ben just dropped in some soccer ones this morning that was a short time frame where they're only going to you know he he hit those uh for us about 30 minutes before uh, the game started so uh, you won't see those on on that page but it's a lot of fun so you guys can check that out it is a pretty good deal again 14.95 for the week 49 a month and access to uh you know all all things sports wagering. Uh, Odd Shopper also does a decent job of using uh, the power behind it to set up parlays for the pick'em sites as well. So you don't have to sort through screens upon screens of different uh, sports and, and information. You can go to uh, Odd Shopper. So even if you're not in a state that has sports wagering, it does do the heavy
1: lifting for you there. Um, Adam. I you asked in chat about thoughts on TJ McConnell with NemHard out. Um, So my primary thought is that I feel more confident that McConnell's going to play. Um, Obviously, after him playing and playing well in the last two games, I expected him to play, or I would have expected him to play even if Nemhard were active. But Nemhard being out, I think, removes mostly the risk of the just surprise McConnell didn't play today thing. Um, I'm not super confident that it gives him more minutes. It definitely opens the door for him to get a couple of minutes. Um, You look at the Boston game where... Nemhard played five minutes. McConnell played nine in that one. Halliburton played 40.1. So they overlapped for like a minute. Uh, in the second half, when Nemhard did not play at all, McConnell simply backed up Halliburton. Halliburton played about 20 and a half minutes in the second half. McConnell played three and a half. So it doesn't have to give McConnell more minutes. I think it does. It at the very least, I think just locks him into being the backup point guard, which he probably was going to be anyway. Um, and then there is, you know, the chance for some overlap. It really just depends how tight of a rotation the Pacers run. Like if they go out there and treat this as we want to win the championship and they play Halliburton 42 minutes and they play Brown 38 minutes and they play Heald 34, or 36, something like that. You can squeeze it where like McConnell, doesn't need to play anything outside of the minutes Halliburton is not on the floor. Um, But if they run a looser rotation like they did against Milwaukee last game, then you could see McConnell play a couple minutes alongside Halliburton. Um, For the season, he's played 33 total minutes, 66 total possessions with Halliburton on the floor. So basically the way I'm viewing it is it has the potential to be a slight boost for McConnell but I think the biggest thing is just it alleviates a lot of the risk of the random rotation change but I don't think that was coming anyway given how McConnell's played
0: no and that and that makes sense he kind of
1: entirely different player
0: but he he his fantasy aspects kind of remind me of like J.J. Barea right they're out there clearly they're not the tallest guy they're not you know, not ex- exactly the best on ball defender by any stretch of the imagination, but they jump the passing lanes. They're always there in the open opening uh, spot to, to get a, a catch and shoot three or a catch and shoot long two. They're not afraid to make the extra pass to a better t- teammate in another spot or the hockey pass where they're not getting the assist, but somebody else is when you get a stagnating offense, these guys are key in the, uh, that type of player is key to shake. Things up, but also in a freewheeling game, he can jump passing lanes. We saw in his last one 11 minutes and he had three steals. You know, that your are not going to happen often. The game before that, he had nine minutes and no steals, but he is capable of multi-game or multi-steal games, which is kind of the unlocking of him to getting to a potential 20 fantasy points. I am hoping we have him for 10.8 minutes. I kind of thought 12 would be about right, but you're absolutely correct. It could easily be eight or six depending on if they're willing to overlap him at all with um, uh, with uh, Halliburton. So,
1: yeah, and on the same same basically subject as McConnell, Isaiah Jackson is really volatile to me as well. So he he played uh, 16 minutes last game, and he's 3,200. He's projected for 24% ownership. I think the most likely case is that he plays backup center minutes today. And I think there's just an assumption, though, that that's like a lock, especially with Nemhard being out. But keep in mind, in the game against Boston, Isaiah Jackson DNP'd and Andrew Nemhard played five minutes in that game. They essentially, two games ago, ran an eight man rotation with the exception of five minutes for Nemhard. This is the championship game against the Lakers. It shouldn't shock anybody if Jackson either just doesn't play or plays much less than he did last game. Um, the thing that makes me most nervous, and I don't want this to come off as like, I think Jackson's not going to play. I do think he's going to get backup center minutes. But Josh and I had talked before that Milwaukee game that we thought Isaiah Jackson would play because Obi Toppin offers you nothing in the way of rim protection. And you have Giannis playing basically center with the second unit for the Bucks, And it's just going to be a disaster if Obi Toppin's out there. Here you have Jackson Hayes as the backup center for the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis does generally play with the second unit as well. But it's a little bit different, you know, in that regard compared to the Bucs. I still think Isaiah Jackson gets the backup center minutes. I do think it's likely that Miles Turner plays more than the 32 he played against Milwaukee. And, you know, again, Isaiah Jackson's just going, at best, going to play whatever 48 minus Miles Turner is. But it is kind of interesting to think about. Like, you could come up with an Indiana rotation where... Jackson doesn't play. Nembhard is obviously out. McConnell gets, you know, the backup Halliburton minutes, and it's just a really tight rotation where all the actual minutes are going to the starters plus Neesmith, essentially. Um, You know, again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean it to say Jackson's not a good play at 3,200. I think he is, but um, we've seen two very, very, very different rotations from Indiana in the quarter, quarterfinal and semifinal games.
0: Yeah. And then there's the, I, I don't think Jalen Smith's going to play today. I So I was searching for news today. It's so funny because a lot of the news providers are now more or less associated with, you know, the Yahoo's or the ESPN's, et cetera, of the world for their blurbs. Most of those uh, season long sites, they're not counting today's games in the standings, but the, or in the, your fantasy games, they did count the, the semifinals and the, and the quarterfinals, but they're not counting today. So it's led to a whole bunch of like, issues across the sites because this is like some like if you look on uh some sites this game just doesn't appear on the schedule if you look at others there is just nothing for today meaning like it it just defaults to blank screen It, it it's pretty wild it's it's like uh you know we always have the early season issues with double headers in MLB, right? Making things wonky, et cetera. This is like the first time that's really happened for the NBA because this wasn't and ed- who knew who was gonna play in this game, right? So it's it's been kind of shaky there. That said, um, I don't think Smith is gonna play. We have him in the projections right now, and he's kind of got the edge over Isaiah Jackson. If they wait, if for any reason Smith played, it really takes everybody out of contention in that backcourt. It just makes wait, them expand even longer who? dart throws. But I do like your Isaiah Jackson call there. who who, who are you talking about? Jay, uh, well, I was to summarize. Jalen Smith, he's in our projections. There are a couple sites that say he's questionable. There are a couple sites today that have him ruled out. The injury report has I been out. couldn't find a different Oh, thank you. Why, why didn't I just go there? Why didn't I just go there? That I'm such an idiot. See, there you go. Thank you. Uh That'll get corrected on on our side. Last night, the the word was that he might play. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, there I, I, there, there, I
1: guess, is the chance that he just gets upgraded. But uh, yeah, he is, I don't think he the is, 930... there was. A... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'll say as of the 930, the 1030 injury report came out eight minutes ago. He is still listed as out. OK, which is
0: the expectation. But again, I was just calling out the, today has thrown off a lot of the, the standardization of, of the different uh, fantasy platforms. The, the FS sites are totally fine, but some of the information aggregators as well as the season long stuff are are kind of uh, handling this uh, a little bit differently.
1: But that is going to do it for today. Final thoughts before we get on out of here, Adam. Not related to this, but just saw a quote from Mark Dadenow, or however you pronounce his name. Um, Finally, like, I can't wait until more coaches get this, but he was asked about letting Chet Holmgren play through early foul trouble last night. And he said, I just want the refs to foul him out. I don't want to foul him out. The conservative route on that usually bites you. Like, yeah, I wish more coaches would learn that. But it goes back to, I thought, Einstein just asked, if Miles Turner got in foul trouble, what do you think we see? Is it more Jackson or do they go to the smaller lineup? And my answer was I would hope that they just let him play until he has six fouls because I think going to extended Isaiah Jackson here is probably bad and going to Obi Toppin at the five is probably also really bad. So um, hopefully he would play yeah. through it, but love to see that quote.
0: Excellent. Hey, maybe, maybe some of these guys are getting self aware. Hopefully we can, we can uh, uh, beat the race to AI becoming self-aware before more of these coaches become self-aware and the world ends. But with that, we're going to get on out of here. You can follow Adam on Twitter, at ShipMyMoneyDFS. I am at EmacDFS. And of course, it's Stochastic underscore COM. With that, gamers, good luck and hit the like button on your way out.